nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Lagos, Nigeria, this is The Drive Home with Bisea Adewale. Thank God it's Friday. For a lot of Nigerian teachers, it will probably be, thank God I am free. As today marks the last day of the second term. It's the drive home show with Isayo Adewodi and we are looking at managing large classroom sizes. Live from Lagos, Nigeria, this is the drive home with Isayo Adewale on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. 
This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the latest government data shows that 178,800 pupils were absent from school due to COVID, a decrease of 0.3% since March the 17th. The number of staff absences has also decreased by 0.4% in the same time period. School leaders are, however, still expressing concern over the ongoing disruptions and both the NAHT School Leaders Union and the Association of School and College Leaders have called for Education Secretary Nadim Sahawi to reinstate free lateral flow tests for pupils and staff. General Secretary Paul Whiteman said, We continue to hear a sense of deep frustration from school leaders as they struggle to deal with the significant and ongoing disruption caused by COVID, whilst the government removes every measure they have for controlling it. We all assumed living with COVID meant there would be very low case levels. This is clearly not the case, and absence rates remain at concerningly high levels. School leaders feel they have been abandoned. In Lancashire, video games are being used to teach children about climate change and flooding. The game is called Rivercraft and has been devised by the Environment Agency in collaboration with Microsoft. It is based on Minecraft and integrates flood mitigation. Andy Brown, Flood Risk Manager for the Environment Agency said, this is an amazing opportunity for students and a project we are proud to be part of. Not only will young people learn about a major flooding scheme in the UK, but they will also discover more about climate change, the environment, flooding, and the types of roles available for careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Justin Edwards, director of learning programmes, Minecraft, said, We know people around the world love Minecraft, and so it is really rewarding for us to see Minecraft encouraging students to talk about and engage with environmental issues. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about improving your skills. I listened to The Morning Show with Dorian Brown last Friday and he was discussing teachers' tech skills. I'm not here to start a discussion, that's his job. However, this week I investigate, can you get better at tech for free? Is there any CPD out there that doesn't cost a fortune? The answer is yes. There's a lot of online self-paced courses out there and even some supported by bursary funding for cover to get you out of the classroom and trained in school time. So, what did I find? Let's start with free training. Let's face it, the big three companies in edtech are Apple, Google and Microsoft. So, what do they offer? 
Apple Teacher is a free professional learning program designed to support and celebrate educators using Apple products for teaching and learning. As an educator, you can build skills on iPad and Mac that directly apply to activities with your students. Earn recognition for new things you learn and be rewarded for the great work you do every day. Sign into the program and work your way through the badges to get your Apple Teacher certificate. Google for Education offer a free training for educators. Courses range from beginner to advanced and there's also lots of courses on getting the most out of devices such as Chromebooks. They also have a certified program consisting of educator level one and level two. All resources are free, but if you want certification, it's done through a paid exam. You can also go on to be a certified trainer, innovator and coach. Microsoft Educator Center offers hundreds of free online self-paced courses for educators. All have a certificate attached and a badge that can be shared. There is also a dedicated educator pathway to become an innovative educator, trainer and expert. All of these are free. If you want to fine-tune a particular skill, there's loads of free training providers out there too. For example, Coursera is an online self-paced course platform that offers free training. If you want a certificate, you'll need to pay, but lots of courses are free and if you don't need proof of completion, go for it. Finally, there's lots of different hubs out there to provide bursary funded CPD for schools, computing, maths, English and MFL to name a few. A great way to find out what's on offer is to contact your local teaching school hub as they will know what is available in your area. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. So just before we listen to the conversation that I had with our guest teacher this afternoon, I'd like to share my own experience with the harsh realities of managing uh, large classrooms because um, this is the reality that I am facing currently here. So I might be all smiling, I know, looking my best on social media and all, but when it all goes down in the classroom, it's a different story entirely. You know, um, tell me about we don't look like what what we've been through. We don't look like what we're going through. <laughs> no, not not for you to now think that I am suffering. <laughs> I don't see it as suffering. I just it's it's um adventurous for me. Every day is like an adventure for me because there's always something to look forward to. You don't get to predict what you're going to meet in a in a large classroom when you when you think that you have seen it all you have done it all you have experienced it all the next day in another lesson you have seen something new this these learners are giving you another interesting side of them so uh for me managing a large classroom is like a journey every day every lesson so from the front of the class you know as as a teacher you can't teach and just stand in front of the class i don't know even if any other teacher finds it comfortable you know teaching like that but i don't so i like to move around and moving around every lesson whether it is convenient or not i just find myself 
doing that. And so moving around every lesson is like a journey from the front of the class to the back of the class to the center of the class and then back to the uh, and then to the front of the class again is a journey and i'm going to take you through that journey so let's look at it like you are on your way somewhere and before you get to that place you have to get to or get through so many bus stops that is how it is in my large classroom so i am trying to connect with the last person sitting at the back while i make sure i'm making sure that i'm not disconnected from those in front and so every step i take to get to the back of the class stand there to discuss and then come back to the front is quite interesting and adventurous so as i'm moving to the front of the class and i'll meet the learners who feel or think that they are more um, intelligent or they are the most brilliant in the class because they are sitting in front yes i have those categories of learners they just believe that once they get a seat in front they will be seen as brilliant but they get exposed when it's time for them to engage in discussions and they're the first person I, I i want to engage with you know just out of impulse not necessarily being intentional that okay it's learner in front I, I i would like to hear from first and so they are they have nothing to see when they are called upon that's that category then i moved to the category of learners that uh they have just been inducted into a gang of learners that must sit together so even if it is not convenient even if it is making other learners uncomfortable so there are some learners that are tall and they know that they should not be sitting in front but because their friends who are not as tall are sitting in front they must sit in front with, with that learner so every time i come to the class i keep on correcting this learner you should not be sitting here you should not be sitting here you should consider others but once i'm done with that lesson I'm always told that the learner will go back to that space again. Now, moving, remember it's a journey. Now, I'm still moving further, further down, further into the, the classroom. I'll meet with the learners that they like to sit down, you know, um, more like in the middle where there's no there's not so much attention you know that the attention they believe that the attention is usually either at the back or in the front so those sitting in the middle there's no much attention on them so they believe that they can easily sneak uh, food under the table or a snack and eat while i am teaching so as i'm passing through the middle of the class i can perceive the aroma of 
a delicious meal <laughs> or a snacks and i'm wondering where is this coming from there's no kitchen close to this classroom and then i find out that okay this is why this learner will always want to sit in the middle of the class and that learner is not even alone the learner is also with his or a gang of learners that do the same so they cover each other so when the first person is is ready to eat while i am teaching the the other learners are covering covering him up or covering her up out by pretending to be listening you know nodding their head uh i can laugh about it now but when when i'm in class it's it's quite uh challenging and sometimes frustrating because i have to stop the discussion i have to stop the engagement with the lesson and address that behavior and then come back to class come back to the lesson sometimes god help me i use that behavior to even teach i i try to write there on the spot i try to embed it in some examples that i give in class or i try to em- embed it in the discussions that we are having and so we're moving further down to the back of the class now we are i'm approaching the back of the class now then i get to i start perceiving some form of foul um odor and i realize that these people sitting at the back some of them it's not because they are the bad boys Mm-mm. or the bad girls they are sitting at the back because some of them have not had a proper bath for some days now because of the the their living condition yes it's it's that bad so managing a large classroom okay bef- before i get there you realize that uh some of these learners they are back benchers first of all because they always come late and learners that come early will not leave a seat vacant in front for someone that will always come late so once the learner comes late the learner knows that that front seat he or she has to forfeit it and just sit at the back regardless of his size or her size so you find some learners you know having really bad body terrible body odor and um, some others you find them on tattered uniform so they don't want to be in the front because if they are in front uh, the, the their parents will be will be noticed and they don't want to be ridiculed in the class they don't want to be noticed for their their dressing and they believe that as long as they are sitting at the back with their tattered uniform they won't be called out or told to stand up to answer a question so they're just comfortable at the back why some mothers cannot just sit in the class they cannot just sit in the class some that are you know repeating the class they want they want to sit at the back because when they sit at the back the moment the teacher just blinks the moment the teacher blinks or faces the board they are so fast they are so swift that as soon as the teacher turns back they are out of the class already they they pass the back door they are out of the class already guess where they are going to they are going to the class that they feel they are supposed to be in where most of their friends are 
the 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 class where they're supposed to have been promoted to but because they they failed they had to repeat that same class and so most majority of their classmates presently are their juniors now now we are at the back of the class that's where you see them the ones that will bring their mobile phone to class without permission from the school authorities the ones that just come to school they just come to class no writing materials no learning materials nothing they're just there to mark the attendance they're just there to school they're just in class to to be to attend school not to learn they are they are just in in the class or they are just in the school premises to fulfill all righteousness that yes i i also attended school so schooling is taking place and learning is not taking place and you see another category again of the back ventures that they came to school sick but they don't want to be noticed so they want to easily uh be able to lie down you know or put their head on the on the desk without being noticed such that all those sitting down in front will have covered them up so the, the teacher that is way in the front will not even notice that somebody's head is down during the lesson that's where you find them and they have been told that once you are not well do not come to school because it could get worse especially in this uh, pandemic era but they still come because the school is their only a safe place is the only place that they they find uh, rest because of the their living condition some of them are living in terrible conditions that when you look at it you're just wondering how they are even coping how they are even able to come to class to smile so that this large classroom that i'm seeing as uh a big challenge or i am complaining about it is their home for those hours that they have to spend in the school they love it there so they would no matter how sick they would rather still report to school you know even if it is just to mark attendance even anything that to take them away from the home where they are living they would grab that opportunity and the school seems to be the only legit place that they can be in for for um a long time so you find them there at the back why am i why am i analyzing this i'm breaking this down for you to know that there's there's a there's a different narrative to those who sit at the back those who sit in front there's a different narrative because growing up we believe that the brilliant ones the intelligent ones the serious students the the students that support teachers that makes learning easy they are the ones in front in a large classroom you will be shocked you will be shocked to find the reverse as the case growing up to while i was in secondary school it was believed that those sitting at the back they are serious they don't listen in class they are the ones that don't do their uh, their homework they are the ones that don't turn in their assignments so they sit at the back they are the ones who have joined the bad gangs there's a different narrative now 
because I have a brilliant student that sits at the back. I have made several attempts to bring her to the front, but she finds comfort sitting at the back. In fact, when she's sitting in front, she shrinks. Even when she knows the the answer, she would just keep quiet. Why? Because the class is large and maybe sitting in front makes her feel like the old class is just going to swallow her. But when she's at the back, oh my God, it's like she's the confidence. She just wears the confidence, confidence like it never went away. And she will answer questions with so much confidence. And I'm wondering what is happening. So uh, this is what managing a large classroom has done to me. It has opened my eyes to and opened my mind to different perspectives. So I don't see learners the regular way or the usual way that you know teachers or just anybody sees teachers um sees learners i because i have seen them in different ways in my large classroom so especially in a public school or a low-cost private school so it has been quite an ad, an adventurous journey for me as uh, a public school teacher controlling large classrooms. And I'm talking about over a hundred. You know, the smallest class size I've taught in, in the public school so far is, I think, um, 73. Yeah, 73. Let's not even talk about when I decide to bring out the 21st century teacher in me and um, do group work. My goodness, as much as I am instilling the old collaboration, communication, emotional intelligence, teaching them how to relate with one another. The work when uh, when I started at first was was hectic. At some point, I had to um, schedule my classes with some assistant teachers. Because in my school, um, we're lucky enough to have uh, a university close by. So they send in some final year students from the Faculty of Education in that university. So I was opportunity to just schedule my classes with them. So they were able to assist me with class control. But the beautiful thing is that when you consistently establish these structures in your large classrooms on the long run you enjoy it because that's what i'm enjoying now now without assistance i can do whatever i like in my large classrooms because my students already understand they already know my ways they already know the codes they already know the class codes i use class codes i use i use um, call and response I set up rules with them. I I have class languages, so more like class codes that I use with them. And then I have assigned rules. So, and for every word, there's even an assistant um, person, an assistant learner that's in, just in case the person assigned is not available. There's someone else to fill in the gap. 
So no matter the activity I'm doing, these learners already feel responsible for the class control. So I'm not the only one um, feeling responsible for the class control. They are all, we're all in this together. So I've been able to establish that. But anybody supervising my class now will find it easy to say, oh, yes, she's she's doing well. She, she's, despite the large classroom, oh, it's commendable. If they were there when... I was still trying to establish these structures, they might not be saying the same story that they are saying now. So I'm saying this to reach out to, to public school teachers or, you know, newly employed teachers in low-cost private schools or big schools with large classrooms and you feel like, uh, this job is not for me. If it is basically because of the large classrooms, trust me, look at your large classroom instead of seeing 100 learners or and, and with 100 problems see 100 learners with 100 opportunities to impact to explore you know to be better with communication to be better with relating with people because trust me these learners are human beings and as you are learning to flow with them as you are learning to manage them you are also learning to manage people most of the problems that we have in the world today they find they, uh, they are found their root cause in people management you know human management and that's where you learn it from diplomacy i've learned diplomacy from managing these large classrooms. I've learned empathy, emotional intelligence from managing these large classrooms. And when I try to use it sometimes at home, my husband will say, I'm not your learner, I'm not your student. Don't don't even try that. Don't even do that with me. Because he, he can already uh, uh, figure out when I'm trying to play that card at home too. So um don't managing a large classroom, yes. The realities are, uh, they are harsh. They are frustrating. It, it's challenging. That's the truth. I'm a teacher too and I'm saying it. But then it depends on how you choose to approach your class, your lesson every day. You know, sometimes just look at it as, um, don't, don't even see it as helping the government. Let's assume that you don't, you don't like the government. Do see it as helping the government. See it, see it as helping yourself. See it as developing yourself. And I always like to say this. If you've tried and you realize that it's not just working for you, it is okay to take a break. It is okay to leave. It is okay. I'm not here to come and preach about the teaching profession and uh, motivate you to aspire, to perspire, to inquire, and all the choir. <laughs> Nigerians will get what I'm saying. I'm not here to, to, to deliver a motivational speech for you to remain in the teaching profession. But if you, you've tried everything and you realize that this is not working for you, please, it's okay to walk away. There are so many qualities that being a teacher has instilled in you that gives you leverage if you try out other jobs yes if you try out other jobs just because you're a teacher 
or just because you have that teaching experience, there's a way that you perform better in other jobs than others who do not have a teaching experience. I don't know if you get that. So it's okay to walk away if you feel like it is overstretching you. It's totally okay. Or it's okay to find another means, another way, another medium to be a teacher. Maybe the physical classroom is not for you. Maybe you need to take it online, which is also fine. Now, later on in the show, after we take, after this break, we are going to listen to a conversation that I had with a senior high school public, te- public teacher in Lagos State, Victoria Abiola, formerly Anima Shao. And uh, we had an interesting conversation about these harsh realities. We'll be right back after this break. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondlelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. Good afternoon, Victoria. Thanks for being on the show this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon, Abisayo. It's good to be here. Good afternoon, listeners. 
thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yes. So like I said earlier, um, we are looking at managing large classrooms, the harsh reality, especially in the context of a public school. And Victoria Abiola is a senior high school teacher in a public school in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, Victoria, to start with, tell us about your teaching journey. You know, how has it been? And um, what has been your smallest class size and your largest class size? Oh, okay. Um, I started teaching... I think way back 2012 or 2013, I'm not sure now. And this was during my teaching practice. And I think I just had about six students and all that. Then I remember also in 2013, before I went for my youth service, I was teaching a class size of and um then it was just me experimenting things I've learned immediately I'm out of school. But now that presently I teach about a hundred and five or a hundred and fifteen students and sincerely the reality is very different. The things I've learned the practicalizing things I've learned in a large classroom is is really is really overwhelming because sometimes I just wish oh I wish I learned these things when I had four students in my class or when I had just six students in my class. So at the moment um I teach in a class I teach about a hundred and fifteen or a ninety between ninety and a hundred and fifteen. That's what I teach at the moment. That's quite an amazing transition, uh, moving from a small number to a large number. So what was the transition like for you? <laughs> um, sincerely, the reality was, was uh, how would I put it now, was real. It was harsh. So thank you. <laughs> That's it. Harsh reality. Exactly. Sometimes I'll think to myself, is this really what I want? Am I sure this is the kind of teaching I was called to do? You know, I would ask myself certain questions. Well, one of the things that kept me going was the fact that I had people to talk to. I had um, mentors. I had friends. I had people to rub minds with, oh, this is what I'm going through in class. This, these are the things that are happening. How do I manage these students? How do I go through these first century skills? If collaboration, how do I make them keep quiet? You know, th those are the kind of things that came to me. But I'm glad I was able to talk to people. I was able to talk to, um, let me say mentors now that have been there. They've been through this process, like Lagos, they call them star teachers. And also some of my mm -hmm. colleagues that we came in together into the teaching service, I was able to speak with them and we do share ideas on what to do differently and how to make a change in the classroom. Amazing. You know, um, what you just said now is just talking about having a community. 
you know even if you even if you're not teaching a large classroom you still need um a professional learning community where you can share you know your challenges you know and get to hear from people who are who have faced um similar challenges and how they were able to address them uh, so that you can learn from them so there's um, having a, a teacher community cannot be overemphasized you know especially if you're managing a large classroom so that you can know that you are not alone so um you mentioned something about um having challenges you know trying to instill 21st century skills in your learners you know because of the class size and the teacher student ratio you know what what is the teacher student ratio in nigeria uh, according to the national policy of education and um what is the feasibility of that ratio you know in practice in practice what's the feasibility and uh, uh after telling us that we'd like to know some of the challenges some of the actual challenges that you've faced you know trying to still be the 21st century teacher managing a large classroom alone okay thank you i'm going to answer like you've just asked me lots of questions i'm going to answer them but it could not just it might not be in order truthfully the national policy of education says a teacher to 40 to 45 students and i remember in i think 2006 or 2005 when i because i attended the federal government secondary school before we were about 70 something 90 98 in a class but when the policy came to be they had to make we were now they reshuffled classrooms they we had more structures i think then we were like 40 42 39 in per class and for, then it was more work for my teachers because they had more periods to cover and as a teacher now i know what it is to teach a period from big hey almost it's not easy and it's one of the challenge i am facing now teaching from first period to fifth or, and I'm, I'm i'm talking about standing straight for each period is 40 minutes standing in a class talking 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 straight up for say um 200 200 hours yes 200 hours number one you'll be dehydrated you'll be famished you'd be stressed trying to coordinate the student ah trying to coordinate the students you know thankfully i yes thanks all thanks to you i i remember i was in one of your classes one time and one of the things i learned was the silence rule the golden rule of silence that thing i i just tell the four or three sitting in front turn to the back you know just group them in clusters like that maybe 10 people 10 10 10 and then i have like 10 uh, sorry 10 groups yes 10 to 15 groups sometimes just eight groups depending on the number of students in that class and it's been working but when i started it was not easy that's the truth it was not easy but it's working and i can only hope for a better enabling environment for my learners because truth is 
Even some of these learners are not academically inclined. That's another challenge. Some of them are not academically in inclined. And I have to go extra mile, go extra mile to explain this topic in my, uh, our local language, Yoruba, Pidgin, to ensure that learning is taking place. It's a lot of challenge. Most of my students, yes, I do know them by names. I've tried as much as possible to identify what their challenges are. But in planning my lesson, I want to meet the need of all my learners. How can I take out time to reach out to these students individually? How, how can I, how can I do it? Sometimes it is humanly impossible. It is humanly impossible sometimes. But one of the things I have done or, or one of the things I'm trying, one of the things I've done is, okay, peer teaching, um, some students helping me out to teach some others, maybe after class. Um, also trying to identify their strengths, if not academics. Okay, so how else can I support these students? Because I see myself more than a subject teacher. So those are the kind of things I do for them. I miss all of these challenges. Our challenges are a million and one. You know the way it is in the public school system. Do you think large classrooms are going away anytime soon? And why do we keep having these large classrooms? You know, let's not even just focus on the public school now because we have private schools, you know, that also have large classrooms. You know, they might not be as large as the public school, but there are large classrooms too in the private school system. So what's the, what are the major reasons for for this? Could it be that schooling is taking place and learning is not taking place? What are some of the major reasons that, you know, based on your experience, you think is the, is the major reason why we keep having large classrooms in our school? Large classroom has come to stay and it's not going to ever end. So it's high time teachers learn how to live with it and make the best use of it. The, one of the reasons I feel we have large classes is because birth rates is increasing. People keep giving birth to children and we don't have a control over that. And um, vicious circle of uh, poverty. Most of the people that cannot send their children, or let me even say the poor, are the ones that have more children because they find yeah, the low-income yes, low earners have more children because sex is more of pleasure to them because they do not have work to do. Now, how would they send, which schools would their children go to? Public schools. Because it is free, especially in Lagos states. Universal basic education. Yes, or, or low-cost Yes, or low-cost, thank you, or low-cost private schools. So, birth rates is increasing. Those are the places they can go to, the places they can go to, public schools or low-cost, public schools or low-cost private schools. Now, another reason is because there are some policies in states that have, in fact, in most states, there are some policies that says no, no child, child of school age should be found outside the classroom.
So those who, who want to go to school willingly or unwillingly are in the classroom. Some students are in school and are already thinking of their businesses outside school. What they just want to do is come and mark the record. I also went to school. Our classrooms are this large because some students just want to get the school certificates. And what is it beyond school certificates? There are a lot of things. There's a world after school certificates that most of our learners don't even know. But one major factor, everybody just wants to be in school. And a lot of schooling is taking place without learning. And most of them are even not academically inclined. I said this earlier, some of them should be in um, in uh, vocational schools. Some of them should be in uh, comprehensive schools. Not all of them should be in regular schools. But who are we as teachers? If you advise any students now that, oh, do you know what have identified you? Um, I, I, I noticed that I have identified your strengths. I see that you have strengths in X, Y, Z. I, would, I feel or I advise that you request for a transfer to a skill school or probably a vocational school. Then the child starts crying. Hey, they said, that means they said I cannot, I cannot be intelligent. You know, the, the child feels stigmatized. And that's not it. Until we see that all of, all of these institutions of learning or all of these schools also have their advantages. Do you get? I think until we see that, see it that way, the classroom size might not reduce. But if we do not. Yes, I get that because, you know, um, the vocational school empowers them to end up becoming their own boss. Some of our students don't even come in early to class. Probably the way they they had to fetch water before coming to school, they had to attend to their siblings. You know, there's just one thing or the other to do before they come to school. So instances when they come in late that way, and probably I'm already 35 minutes into my lesson, then the students come. Of course, you don't know what I've taught. So... Some of my students, in fact, there was this day, he said, hey, I can teach, I can help you out. So some, how did she even feel like, I just said, who can explain what um, I have taught all along? And she said, oh, I can. I've had to come, in, come up with quiz. I organized scouts for my learners after, after the session. I had to organize um, a Kahoot quiz for them in school, and then we did online quiz on quizzes on Saturday. I thought they would not even join the quiz. They did. Some people, they, you know, they were begging me, please add me to the WhatsApp group. After that, you can then remove me from the group. And sincerely, I've been able, sometimes I even share videos of my lessons I had on the WhatsApp group. So they watch the videos then we get to class and explain the concepts. Now, it doesn't mean that those who are not on the WhatsApp group are missing out because we still share tips, we still say all of these things in the class. I try to relate things I'm teaching with their daily activities, with their, with real life experiences because I've realized that me making my learners relate with their 
what's what they can see or what's happening around them has helped me a lot you know sometimes i even re i remember there was this time we had national grid and I've, i think i had to relate what i was teaching with the uh, fact that there was no power i had to when i was teaching population immigration and immigration you know we had to use things like things words like japa slowly but surely i will get there thank you thank you so much for all that you have shared so far and um they're really relatable they are they are things that are workable so are we now saying that there are no benefits to being in a large classroom you know how 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 beneficial has it been how much of your of your limits as a teacher has it stretched out I'll be a liar if I say there are no benefits. Sincerely, number one, it has been a lot of character building for me. Number two, it has helped my empathy skills. I've been able to develop a lot. My empathy, I've had a lot of empathy for these learners because sometimes I, I, I make them see our reality. You see, I understand that this is, these and these are the only. Also, sometimes it just makes my class fun. It makes me get different perspectives from people. That child that I think is not academically inclined is creative. That's another thing I've realized. One thing that the large classroom has done for me is being able to relate well with people sincerely even as an individual being able to relate well with my learners um there are some clubs i have in my school if i do just tell me me say could you please put me in this club had me I, I promise i would be a good student i'll be this i'll be that and you'll be amazed at the things they will do they'll come up with in such clubs there's an easter in every child it's the job of the teacher to identify the easter and i know you too abisayo you say that um, in every child is a flower that wants to blossom. So it is for you as a teacher to help that um, learner, to help their flower blossom. So for me as a teacher, I've, I've um, worked with all of this mantra. And there's this um, Chinese proverb, I think, that says that until you carry your own bucket of water, you do not you do not um, understand or you do not know the value of every drop. So for me, that full bucket of water that is to the brim, you know, I can choose to carry a bucket of water. I can choose to carry um, just very little quantity of water. But that classroom size, that large class I have is a bucket brim, like a full bucket of water for me. So that's it's the the um, large classroom size has really been an eye opener. Yes, 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 absolutely. I I like the the full bucket um, um, analogy that you use. Some teachers don't even have the time to start calling names like that. They they probably use numbers. So, but it has just come to me naturally knowing people's names. Exactly. Yes, most numbers. teachers use numbers. But for me, I prefer calling their names because that's, that's what has helped me, really.
Good for you, sis. <laughs> Thank you. Because there's no way you'll be calling a particular name, like, say, three or four times in a week, and you won't be able to relate or you won't know the person. And there are some, they will, they will just make sure they are right in your face. So you know them. Yes, yes. It has been an interesting conversation. So thank you for having me. Um, Abisayo, do you good teacher? It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on here today. Thank you, listeners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so far we've looked at the harsh realities of managing a large classroom. Oh. She has shared with us some of the challenges she has, um, that she has faced and how she has been able to, you know, tackle these challenges. Uh, at least to a large extent, to a significant uh, extent, and it has been working for her. We hope that you have learned some and um, it would work for you. Thank you for listening this far. Have a beautiful weekend ahead. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.